As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio, or its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The Eleventh Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Now let me ask you a question. Can you imagine being a child who has been abused? Tell me, do you know someone who has struggled to survive after being abused, after being a victim? Do you know about sex trafficking and human slavery in our world right now? Now, would you like to learn more about how people can help kids who are in this desperate situation? Tell me, have you ever heard about a book called Layla or a nonprofit organization called Ricky's Revolution? Now, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we've been looking for? Now, are you ready to learn how to be successful and how to help kids at Ricky's Revolution? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today, I will be introducing you to a guest. She has been on my show before, and she will be co-hosting with me for the next six months. She will provide us with wonderful, informative, inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice. I'm pleased to announce that this show is now live on Talk 4 Media and syndicated on iHeartRadio Talk with over 55 million subscribers. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure at iHeartRadio. We have had over 2.2 million listeners to date on this show. 
So now it's time for you to sit back and relax as you enter the no-wine zone. Pour yourself a glass of wine, get some cheese and crackers, and enjoy our show. Now let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She is an author, healer, teacher, and spiritual leader, and an incredible keynote speaker for nonviolence. Having taught quantum healing, somatic polarity, ancient wisdom teachings, and spirituality to students all over the world, my guest's lifelong passion is to bring modern relevance to this wisdom, weaving the web of nonviolence and empowering sacred movement in its highest vibration. Through her book, Layla, her organization, Ricky's Revolution, nonprofit, workshops, one-on-one healing sessions, radio, television, and public speaking, my guest empowers people with the tools and wisdom they need to heal themselves and to help heal each other. She helps people discover the shift in vibration and provides the support needed in transitions and the peace of mind for life. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show today my dear friend Jeannie Kerrigan. Hi Jeannie, how you doing? Hi January, so good to be with you again. I'm doing well. Good, good. I've been looking forward to it, and you've been a guest on my show. Actually, I think uh, I can share with my listeners that Jeannie is featured in my book, Priceless Personalities. I, it was, her interview was so powerful that I had it transcribed for the book, and it's in one of the chapters. Now, Jeannie, let's talk a little bit about how did you start? How did you, first of all, share your background? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about where you were raised and who your early mentors were. So people who haven't heard you before will get a feel for where you're coming from. Well, okay. I'm the author of Layla, which is is my life, a part of my life story. It's a memoir that deals with the part of my life of the early abuse all the way through till the point where my father dies, who was my original um, abuser. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm from the Midwest. I um, was born in Green Bay. And mm. if you, when you read Layla, you'll find out I ran away from there when I was 12 and sort of bounced <laughs> around the United States. <laughs> yeah, you certain- all kinds of situations. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she shares in the book, and it's quite a uh, it's a powerful journey that you take uh, take your readers on. Now, let's talk about how did Layla come about. The first, how did you decide to write it? Who inspired you to write your story? Well, I actually, um, I didn't decide to write it. Somebody else decided to write my book. Uh, there was a writer, she was a sociologist, and she had, she had been hearing my story as I did speeches around the United States, and I was working to help um, women, men, anybody mo- get through trauma. So in that trauma speech, of course, parts of my life, life came out, and and I was also working in this in the w- working with other people to develop spiritual lives, you know, to increase the potency of their lives. So, of course, here's my story. And the more I worked with her, the more she heard of my story and said, you know, I'd like to write it. I'm a writer. And she uh-huh. interviewed me for about six months. We did these interviews on tape. Remember tapes? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. through the interviews, she went through this amazing process, and, and actually, so did I. And, um, but my father was still alive mm-hmm. when, when this interview was happening and I had, I had a, I just really did not want to, I didn't mm-hmm. want to hurt my dad in any way, shape or form, no matter what had happened between the two of us. But, and, um, she started to write it. She wrote one chapter and she called me just crying and said, I can't, I can't write it the way that you could. Mm-hmm. Said, Your voice is much more powerful than the way, than any, any voice that anyone could put on paper. She handed me all the tapes and said, you, you're going to have to do this. It has to be written. <laughs> I'm like, really? And my father got sick. You can read the first chapter. The first chapter, my father died. And uh-huh. in the process of caring for him, I went back to care for him while he went through the dying process. And um, at, the end, at the end, when he died, I knew I was going to write the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once uh, you wouldn't have to worry about hurting him. Yeah. Let me read a little bit from the prologue to give our listeners an idea of how powerful this book is. Heaven and hell, good and bad, dark and light. What about the in-between? There is always an in-between. 
How do you navigate the in-between? It seems to me that sometimes we do it well and sometimes we fuck it up. (laughs) You said that. I said that, and that is so true. Jeannie writes a book that is, she just doesn't pull any, she pulls, she doesn't pull any punches. She doesn't hide anything. It's truthful. It's honest. How painful was this book to write for you? Um, Sometimes very, very, Uh very painful. You know, I I remember the biggest struggle for me was to write honestly. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the swear words that are in there. I, I didn't edit that out. You'll see my mom said, oh, she writes it this way. I think she was a little nervous because I, I swear. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, very, oh, I don't, I don't, I didn't change my words. I didn't say, well, this uh-huh. was just rape. I said, this was really rape. You know, I mean, the voice yeah. in this book is very powerful and very raw. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't tidy it up. You, uh, it you shared. It up. And so the yeah. hardest part in writing it was that piece. I, I made a commitment with myself and spirit that I would write the truth because it's in the truth. Well, we've all know this. It's in the truth that we could heal, but it's in that really deep, raw trauma that every individual goes through. You know, I, my trauma in my rape is different than the girl next to me in her rape. Mm-hmm. That very deep trauma that happens to my body, to my cells, to my spirit needs to be uh, spoken, and I think mm-hmm. I even say that in the book. This is not pretty women. Prostitution no. is not pretty women. No, it, it's really degradating. And I wanted to be able. I wanted people to be able to do that. And so I had to go back through that as a writer. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was that would have been very difficult. How long did it actually take you to write the book, Jeannie? Well, there was a little bit of a process in the writing. <laughs> okay. I, was single, I was a single mother, and. Um, this was after my son Joshua died that I that I decided to write books. So I had three boys, mm-hmm. and they were a little bit younger. I was working full time. I was taking care of them, and we were trying to make it. And and obviously, you know, we were we struggled financially, and so I could only write on the weekends. And um, I, I I ended up sometimes spending my weekends in my bedroom writing this book and and going through all this and trying to not let my children see that I was crying for the last five hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> and so then I started taking all of my computer and my all my stuff down to the cafe, and and you know how it is to write. You go into this cathartic place where you just it's just you and 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 spirit and this movement and this power that comes through you, and it's coming out and it's coming out and it's coming out, and to break that is difficult, and then to move back into it is difficult, and then at at about I don't know maybe about seven chapters in I. Uh, ran out of money and I thought I, I can't do it I've got to support my kids I put it on the shelf mm-hmm. and I thought that's it and I got a phone call actually from Santa Fe Council for the Arts and they said um, we have a gift for you here a donation and I said for what and they said well it's it's someone who wants you to continue to write your book are you writing a book oh my and gosh. they asked me to submit what the book was about and and go see them and they had a $30,000 check for me oh and so oh we my went, god yeah Oh, so, wow. So, and I'm, I'm, you know, I live my life really watching sacred energy in motion, trying to do, trying to do right action and the right thing and really listening to what is, what is the next step for me? What is the good, goodness and mm-hmm. the way that I can go? And, and I, that was a huge, this is oh. the way you should go. <laughs> so, and this was, this was an anonymous donation. Yes, it was. It was. And to this day, you have no idea who it was. No, I do not. The universe definitely was speaking to you. It, this book needed to be written. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I yeah. quit my teaching job. I was teaching at New Mexico Academy of Healing Arts. I was teaching body work, somatic body work to help people mm-hmm. to heal trauma. And so I gave up the teaching job, kept my private practice, and, and finished the book. Okay. Now, when people ask you, there's, you address so much in the book. You talk about uh, child abuse, um, uh, prostitution. You yep. talk about drug abuse. I mean, you, the list goes on and on and on. When someone says, what issue is the most prominent or important one, the message that you have, which one would you say that would be? Honesty will set you free. <laughs> okay. Honesty. Polish up your black and show it off to everybody. That's the statement that I use. Somebody else actually said, you know what? Sometimes the best we can do is take our past, polish it up, and shine shine mm-hmm. up that black and show it off. 
mm-hmm. and really just say that to the world, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We're all human. And as down and as horrible as my life has been, it's been just that beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good and the bad. Yeah, that's the beginning, the in-between, the good and the bad. (laughs) Yeah, you know, talking about uh, the good and the bad, we're going to have some really good commercials from our sponsors. And when when we come back with Jeannie, I want to talk, Jeannie, a little bit about your childhood, your background, your family. We'll be right back with Jeannie Kerrigan, the author of Layla and the founder of Ricky's Revolution. Layla, a book by Jeannie Kerrigan, will take you on a journey. A raw, heart-wrenching journey. The final resting place? Love. Jeannie is an author, healer, and executive director of Ricky's Revolution Nonprofit. You can get your copy of her book at JeannieKerrigan.com. Ricky's Revolution comes directly out of Layla, dedicated to helping homeless runaway youths and victims of sex trafficking reach a place of safety. We distribute Jeannie's monkey named Ricky with vital hotline numbers embroidered on him free to children on the streets through loving collaboration with thousands. Proceeds from the book and your donations have saved lives. Ricky'sRevolution.org Where does all the money go? Surely you should have more to show for all the work you do. And what about the future? Heck, what about next week? Chris Miles to the rescue. Chris is a cash flow expert and the financial advocate for the entrepreneur with a reputation of getting his clients fast, life-altering results right now, not 25 to 40 years from now. Let Chris Miles show you how to quickly free up and create more cash flow with results you can enjoy today, not tomorrow. Visit MoneyRipples.com. That's MoneyRipples.com. Visit today, not tomorrow. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the No Wine Zone, and we're visiting with my guest, Jeannie Kerrigan, a dear friend, and I'm so pleased to have her with us on the show today. Jeannie, before we took the break, I mm-hmm. mentioned that I wanted to talk a little bit about your family background. Yes. Uh, share a little bit of that with our listeners, okay, so they can get a feel for your story. Okay, well, we were on the outside. Uh, I grew up and was born in 1958. I was the second oldest of, I believe my mother was pregnant seven times, or six times, and we have five children. Um, One child died after he was born. Um, Catholic. I was raised Catholic. My, My parents were, my mother, Irish Catholic, and my father was kind of a mixed up German Irish Catholic. And um, Midwest, they had all settled there after their grandfathers had settled from various countries. And so it was very typical Midwest family. Go to church on Sunday, go to a Catholic school as a child. Um, my, my, uh, all my brothers were altar boys and, you know, I was supposed to be a nun, I think, at one point. <laughs> well, well <laughs> share, with us, that way. <laughs> share, share with our listeners that your father was actually in the seminary, wasn't he? My father was in the seminary. I believe that the, the situation that my father grew up in was very dysfunctional. My mother, my grandmother was non-emotional. Um, I, and according to my father, which I found out much later, sexually abusive, she had two children, my father and my uncle. And when they were 12, 13, that age, they gave their boys up to the church to be priests. So, yes, my father was raised in the seminary to become a priest. My uncle is a priest. I found out, and if you read the book, I didn't found out, find out until the day my father died exactly what happened to him in that seminary and why he became the way he did. But my father was a very sick man, 
um, uh, sexually abusive, and he was sexually abused in the seminary. Okay, so this is the what we talk about so often, the cycle of abuse. Yes. It starts with abuse. one, and it passes on to generation to generation. Okay. And in most cases, the abuser was originally a victim, don't you? Isn't that true? I, I think that that's true. I mean, you know, mental illness comes into play, I think, in some situations when there's a perpetrator. But I really, I really don't think that m- most of the perpetrators on the planet are born to rape. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Or born mm-hmm. to be um, sexually abusive towards their children. I do think that um, we're running through generations of denial and generations of suppression and generations of where women were you know suppressed and men could not feel we're really working through generations of dysfunction both uh-huh. my parents came from very dysfunctional homes the church the catholic church was very dysfunctional which is starting to come out now yeah and finally people are coming out into the open about it and uh, coming clean and sharing it yeah. um yeah, and so how old were you? And your father abused all of the children, boys, girls, um, it didn't matter. Know. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know some of it. I do know factually, um, I, I mean, I will factually state that I know that my father sexually abused my brother, my oldest uh-huh. brother who committed suicide. You can read his chapter in the book. Um, and me. I do know that then... Um, the, the my brothers that were beneath myself and my oldest brother, I don't know that for sure. They would tell you no. I also mm-hmm. know that my father sexually abused other women in the community, women in the church, and had affairs. My mother finally left him after she got a venereal disease that she had gotten from my father, who was obviously with other women. Uh-huh, yeah. Wow. And um, how old were you when it started for you? I was three. Three years old. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And those are your earliest. Those are your earliest memories, aren't they? Those are my earliest memories, and the memories are um, very, very powerful. Because at three and four and five and six, even and seven, and not until I started to get a little bit of an attitude, thank God, um, mm-hmm. that I, I was, I was in love with my father. I loved uh-huh. him. I was his first daughter. I was, you know, his little girl. He treated me differently and special. I didn't know at that age that there was a, a, a sick reason for him treating me that way. I thought he just, I thought he just loved me. And, mm-hmm. and it was very painful when he came to my room at night when, when the face would say, you are my daughter, I love you, and he would touch my hair. But the touch... Uh-huh on my private parts felt really scary and awful. And I didn't yeah. have words to say, okay, there's a duality playing out here that is not right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, it took mm-hmm. a lot of years to work that one out. Oh, and a lot of therapy, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, okay, share with us a little bit about what it was like for you to run away from home when you were 12 years old. I mean, how did that come about? Oh, boy. Um you know, obviously, I wasn't happy. I was not okay in my own skin. I, I was not. Um, I just didn't know who I was. January. I just didn't no, know no. who Jeannie was. And when I started to get myself out of the house, out of that house, out of the Catholic Church, because I actually, I actually screamed bloody murder to go to a public high school or junior high school. <laughs> yeah. I can see why. (laughs) We're so abusive and it was so difficult. And so I I was the first one. My brother was in a Catholic high school, but I was the first one to leave the the Catholic schooling and go to a public school. And wow, what a lesson. I mean, people were doing drugs and people were, (laughs) there was Mm -hmm. like partying and there was just a lot going on that I, I had very little identity. And so everything that I thought would be an identity, I would attach to, okay, I'll be a drug addict. Okay, I'll be... Uh, 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 I'll be, uh, uh, you know, a good girl and go to church. I'll, I'll, I'll be whatever my father wanted me to be. I, you know, I, I could shift and change because I didn't quite have anything to anchor to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I was extremely unhappy. There was a, a friend of ours that I played with as a kid committed suicide across the street. He had hung himself in his room, and I went into uh-huh. this severe, severe depression, sadness, fear. 
And to add to that, I had an anxiety from when I was really little. I mean, I would, you know, if my parents left the house or I was left alone or somebody was going to pull the rug out from under me, I thought I would sleep with knives and guns. I mean, I had this severe anxiety and no Mm -hmm. safety on the planet. I wonder where that came from. So those (laughs) things... Those two pieces, when this, when this boy, he was a boy, he hung himself in his, in his, his bedroom, really affected me. Oh, yeah. Um, I just went into this numb place, and I started doing a lot of drugs, uh-huh. <laughs> truthfully. Yeah, yeah. I started, you know, whatever. I, I didn't know that much. I mean, I think I even said it in the book. I didn't know the difference between pot and marijuana. I didn't know it was the same thing. I, I remember mm-hmm. getting handed a joint and said, okay, I'll smoke this, but I'll never smoke pot because, you know, <laughs> really. And, and so I started attaching to whatever identity I could have. I was very uncomfortable in my own skin. And so I just walked away. I just, I just hitchhiked down the road looking for anything in, that would give me a place to anchor or some sort of identity. I mean, I would put my thumb out to hitchhike down the road and my name wouldn't be, I'd change my name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see if I could find something to fit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's certain. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That certainly is understandable. And, of course, you know, that's why it's so amazing what you have managed to accomplish with your life, considering how the challenges, how you started out and the rough, rough road you traveled. Uh, when we come back from our break, I want to talk a little bit about Ricky's revolution and how that came about. And I would like you to share with our listeners the story of uh, when you lost Ricky. We'll be right back with Jeannie Kerrigan. Have you ever met someone who was shot in the chest in cold blood and lived to tell it? Now you have. Meet Hannah Lugerai Murray, author, advocate, and survivor of domestic violence, and now the founder and president of Angel of Mercy Shelter of Hope. Her dreamlike life turned to horror as her raging husband stood across her and fired his gun. She was left for dead. By a miracle, she survived to tell her story. Her book is available on Amazon and her website. If you'd like to have a personally signed copy, please visit her website at livetotellit.com. Hannah is now in the process of raising money to build her own shelter in Chandler, Arizona. Her shelter will house abused women, their children, and unique to Arizona, their pets. For more information, please visit her website at angelofmercyshelter.org. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems. People who have fearlessly shared their stories, their struggles, and their successes. People who have priceless personalities. In my new book, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, I am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. 
My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, two for one, paperback and Kindle editions. Also, I'm pleased to announce that Priceless Personalities is now available at audiblebooks.com. And uh, my guest today, Jeannie Kerrigan, is featured in Chapter 1 of Priceless Personalities with uh, her amazing survival story. Jeannie, um, before I forget, let's share your website information and then we'll do it again at the end of the show. Could you share how people can get your book, Layla? Okay, book Layla, you can um, get it on Amazon, of course, Barnes & Noble. Um, but the best way it is to go to the website, www.jeanniecarrigan.com. Mm-hmm. You can order it right from there. That's the easiest way. Also, um, rickysrevolution.org, you can order it from our nonprofit site. Okay, very good. Now, let's talk about how did the book become, uh, why did you call it Layla? <laughs> Okay, so, you know, we were just talking about, you know, I, I would leave and I would change my name and, and yeah. look, searching for an identity. Well, I happened to be at a bar at, at 13. I was in a bar and um, uh, there was a band playing in that bar and uh, they got, they took a break. The band took a break and the drummer was very attracted to me and he started to sing. Uh, Derek and the Dominoes had come out with that song, Layla. And he's, mm-hmm. he sang a line of that to me from the stage, which thoroughly embarrassed me. Um, <laughs> turned around and, and I actually ran from him. And, you know, try, I, I hid. I was so, I, I, because the whole bar was looking at me. But um, sure, yeah. Layla stuck. My friends loved it. And so they started mm-hmm. Layla. I actually met, I ran into him. His name was Rob Griffith, who sang me that song. He was the drummer. Oh, my and he and I um, ended up in the same halfway house many years later. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. died from a drug overdose. Oh. Very oh. Okay, now you were out on the road. You were Layla. And uh, share with our listeners how Ricky came into your life. How did you find him? I, um, well, you know, at 12, I was young and, and very naive and very vulnerable and, um, very lost and very afraid. So even though I would put on cha- this change of clothes that would be an, an identity of Layla, there was still that little genie in there that was, I was, I was, you know, very sweet. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw a monkey on a shelf in the five and dime. I think it was Woolworths. Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dating my I do remember. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> and, and the little Ricky monkey, he, he, his name was, you know, he had a tag that said Ricky. So that was his name. And I mm-hmm. stole him and I stuck him in my coat and mm-hmm. kept him with me. So, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, when I was, uh, I, I, you know, I did, I didn't run away into goodness. I ran away into, a lot, a lot of pain and, and, and horrible, horrible stories, which most of are, are in the book. But Ricky was my solace. Mm-hmm. Ricky was my little, my little friend. You know? <laughs> he was your touchstone. He was my touchstone. So when I was afraid, yeah. I was alone or I was raped or I, I had him to hold and he was squishy and loving and he was just my, he was, he was my friend. Yeah, yeah, and you see so many small children walking around with their blankies and binkies and uh, their little uh, bunny bears and whatnot. And Ricky was your 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 family. He was your everything. He was my everything. He was my security blanket. Yes. Now now share with our listeners how you lost your buddy. So I lost my buddy. Um, I. uh, I had run away from a girl's home that I was in and um, was hitchhiking, of course, down the road. And we, I was with two other girls, and we got picked up by a trucker and um, stopped at a truck stop in Ohio somewhere. And um, we got went into. He bought us, you know, cigarettes and bought us lunch and food. I don't mm-hmm. even remember what it was. And we were walking back to the truck, and he says, "You know," he says, "You guys," because we were thinking, "Oh, we're going to Florida. Let's go to Florida." I always did that. I was like, "Okay, let's go find the flowers." And we were going south. <laughs> so from winter to flower. So it must have been in the spring. So um, 
Anyway, he, when we were walking back to the truck, he says, look, girls, I have this thing where, you know, you can't, I, I, I think that because of DOT rules, we're going to split you up. We're all going to go to the same place. We'll meet you. We'll meet in Florida. This is where we're going to meet. And mm-hmm. this is my buddy. He's driving the other truck and the other two girls went in the other truck and he kept me. And um, <sighs> as soon as I got in the, in the truck, he told me to go in the back and take a nap. And, and I knew, I knew as soon as I, I, I sat there mm-hmm. and he shut the door, I was in trouble. And yeah. he, he immediately knocked me out and um, mm-hmm. proceeded to mm-hmm. keep me for well two days two days I was I was on my way to somewhere and didn't know where I was duct taped I was raped I was beaten and mm-hmm. um, in the wow. back of that truck and 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 what happened was is we were going down the road and there must have been some kind of ring thing going on and, and, and honestly one of the regrets I have is I don't know what happened to the other two girls oh. um, I don't know what, I don't know what happened to them I never saw them again and mm-hmm. um, the muffler blew on this semi truck okay <laughs> of all Thank God yeah yeah the muffler <laughs> The universe, the universe, is, the universe yes. did a thing and, and scared the shit out of me. I mean, when I was already in freeze and mm-hmm. traumatized and the muffler yeah. blew and I swear to God, my, my skeleton jumped out of my body. I was so traumatic when that blew, but also him, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he had it, the truck over to the side and another trucker picked me up and I was gone. And within 20 minutes we were down the road and that other trucker left me off in front of this factory. And oh, in that wow. transition, um, I left Ricky. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even, yeah, I left Ricky. They, they had the tape off me and everything. Then yeah. Ricky, I know Ricky was in the corner. I remember looking at him when I was being raped. He mm-hmm. was in the right-hand corner of that cab. And uh, mm-hmm. he was, that's how I lost him. And that, and as you describe it in the book, you had gone through so many things, unbelievable yeah. things, and losing Ricky, that just yeah. really broke, that broke you, didn't it? I, it, it, it broke me. I was, I was used to wiping myself off, picking myself up, crawling myself into a shadow and lick my mm-hmm. wounds <laughs> and yeah. you know, taking the blood off. And I was used to that. I was used to being a piece of meat, mm-hmm. but... But when I when I didn't have Ricky and I was standing on the corner, the drizzle it was raining. There was I I I I I, I went into right on the edge of insanity. I mean, it was black mm-hmm. and, and white all at the same time, and I had nothing in my brain. And I I knew there was there was a part of me or a higher part of me that said, if I move, if I even move, I'm going to crumble into insanity. I'm never going to come back. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was the thought it was I that happened to me as soon as I went, Oh my god, Ricky's in the truck and that was it. Yeah. yeah. And I stood and, there for a long time. Yeah. And how old were you, Jeannie, when you lost Ricky? Sixteen. Fifteen. Six, going on 15. Fifteen. Yeah. No? So I now sixteen, yeah. So we're talking about sex track trafficking here. We're talking about young children being abducted, never to be seen again. Um, And people then, they didn't talk about it then, did they? No, they didn't talk about it then, or at least, you know, and I, I, no, they didn't Mm -hmm. talk about it then. I mean, it was rare. It was, I think um, selling children was something that came out of China for a long time in the United States. People have been quite naive when it comes to the fact that, yes, we're selling children, we're selling sex mm-hmm. yeah 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 what are the statistics on uh, human slavery and sex traffic now because it's really become a buzzword everyone is very aware of it now fortunately you know the saddest part about it is yeah we're calling it you know human trafficking mm-hmm. and so we're calling calling it slavery you know the new slavery and slavery's been on this planet since since we've sure. been on this planet we've been selling bodies Mm-hmm. For you know, depending and 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 whoever is the most vulnerable or the weakest, right? If and right. so, now it's our children. And so, what are the the statistics? Are pretty horrible. You know, three hundred thousand children being trafficked. Three hundred thousand, and that's probably a low number throughout the countries. Through and through, this is going on throughout the world. Yeah, it's going uh, on. Yeah, 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 oh. and everybody's on it. I mean, every country is, is on it. You're hearing, we hear it all the time, rock against trafficking, traffic, truckers against trafficking, Hollywood's mm-hmm. on it, you know, Britain's mm-hmm. 
on it because yes, I mean, the the it's be, it's the second largest um, industry next to drug <laughs> trafficking in oh the my world. Gosh. In the so, world, wow! So, what was the? It's I have to remember the statistics if I can get them right. It was one hundred and fifty thousand per child per month. So, oh. if I own own quote unquote uh-huh. twenty children and I've got them all working for me, guess how much money I'm making a week? Oh, it's obscene! Yeah. <laughs> this is obscene. Um, the, cheaper, the more you get. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Virgins wow. are really expensive. I would imagine so. You know, um, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back with Jeannie, uh, she's going to share with us how she created Ricky's Revolution and how her little friend Ricky came back into her life and into many, many others. We'll be right back with Jeannie Kerrigan. One expert, one solution. The book, The 411 on Step Parenting, teaches you how to create a well-blended step family. The 411 on Surviving Teenhood helps parents and teens cope with teenage temptations, teachable moments, and teenage social dilemmas. The books The 411 on Life Skills and Ace Your Life helps those living on their own with home and money management, personal care and safety, and much more. An award-winning, best-selling author, registered nurse, and personal growth mentor, Michelle Sfakianos will help you. Get the 411, my411books.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, the tragic love triangle connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. What is AATH? The Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor is a nonprofit, member-driven, international community of humor and laughter professionals and enthusiasts. AATH provides its members the education, cutting-edge resources, and supportive community they need to excel in the practice and promotion of healthy humor. AATH welcomes anyone who is interested in learning more about the application and benefits of therapeutic humor. Members include scholars, psychologists, counselors, nurses, social workers, physicians, educators, clergy, hospital clowns, and many others who incorporate humor in their life and work. AATH was created to disseminate information about humor and laughter, laughter play in well-being, provide a caring, supportive community of humor professionals and enthusiasts. Check out our AATH at www.aath.org today. Welcome back with my guest, Jeannie Kerrigan, the author of Layla and uh, the uh, founder of Ricky's Revolution. Uh, Jeannie, share with our listeners how you recreated Ricky and how you brought him back into your life and so many others. Well, um, I had a dream. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Okay. I'm good. I had a dream. Um, Uh Yeah, he, I was, the book was finishing. I was to the end of the book and, and, um, you know, the editor was coming in and, and there was a lot of, of, of movement around the book before it was actually published. And, and so I, it was in my mind and in, in, in me a lot. And, 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 um, I had a dream. I had a dream one night when all that was going on and, and I saw my Ricky 
and on his arms I saw all these numbers where he could help. So the process was, is I had to make a decision. Was I going to go through a regular publisher and the whole Hollywood piece or was I going to publish it myself? And a mm-hmm. part of me was going through my own spiritual, um, you know, is this book yeah. for me or is this for other people? And in that process of making the decision to pull it from the whole Hollywood scene um, mm-hmm. and, and do it myself, I had the dream about Ricky and it was like, no, this book is for people. This And Ricky... Yeah in my dream, had life-saving numbers on his arms. And so we, we, my business partner and I, Catherine Patton, recreated. We worked really hard to find the original Ricky. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And were you, were you able to find one or we, did you have we to? Had a, we had a compromise. It took me forever to find him. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and then we, had, we worked pretty hard. I mean, Catherine's actually with me right now. How many times did we oh. go back and forth to get the right Ricky? <laughs> Many, many times, many, many months mm. trying to find the exact same Ricky that Jeannie had as a child. Uh-huh. Yeah. So okay, many months. Got it. Yep. Well, but, you did a great oh, job. Yeah. You did a great job because the Ricky you've created is uh, adorable. Now, share what numbers you have embroidered on his uh, arms. So we had initially we had him embroidered on his arms and then we got started to get involved in the whole sex trafficking situation. And the uh-huh. kids that are being sex trafficked, number one, are in a very, very dangerous situation. So we, we actually, since I've tied last on your radio show, we have mm-hmm. moved the numbers from his arms to his belly and the sex trafficking number is on the back. And it's hidden okay. under the shirt. Oh. And we did that because we give these monkeys out directly to street people. And that text number is the number for Polaris Project. And they are have an incredible sex trafficking hotline where they can get mm-hmm. instant help, instantly off the street, not arrested for prostitution. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the, the the county country or county state or wherever they are so that they're safe. Oh, and then gentlemen. the other numbers that we have on Ricky are the rape abuse incest number, RAIN, which is an incredible, incredible nonprofit that helps rape victims, abuse victims to move through it all the way to the other side to wellness. And of course, we have the all famous runaway hotline because most of these kids who are runaways are the ones that are victims. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're easy prey. They're out there on the streets, and and just like you were, they were so young. They probably they're probably in shock and don't even realize what's happening to them most of the time. Well, don't you agree? I agree. And with the sex trafficking, and with anybody who's been raped, there's another piece to this. These kids are not, you know, some of these kids are wooed in, and they're mm-hmm. manipulated, and they're loved until they're used, and oh, yeah. And, used up. And so the kids don't actually, you know, I I wish it was the case where, oh my God, I've been abducted and I want to get away and I can't stand being abducted. No, they Mm -hmm. become the girlfriend of or the wife of or, you know, uh, loyal to. So when Mm -hmm. they call for help is when they're really hurting. When I was in a Mm -hmm. major, major pain, I could. Yeah. I used the phone, and and I could text the number. So yeah. So you, you've been there, done that. Share with our listeners how many Rickies have you given out so far, Jeannie? Thousands. Um, wow. We are now in twenty-one states. Uh, oh my gosh! States. Oh, Catherine's raising her hand. Twenty-two states, and we Fantastic. have volunteers. We have set our. We support the national hotline numbers in the United States. We and, and they're all nonprofit numbers. We are a nonprofit, and then all the people on the planet who are helping us, you know, work, at, you know, either in sh- churches or shelters, or they're abuse victims themselves, and they want to get it on the streets, or they heard about sex trafficking and are appalled and want to help. So we're an all volunteer. Nonprofit. Oh. And anyone who, anyone who's listening, this is and, an organization to make donations to. I highly encourage you to support Jeannie and Catherine with the work they're doing. Thank you. Yes, because really, we don't take a salary from Ricky's Revolution. We have a little office now because we have Ricky's shipping in and out, and um, <laughs> and the Rick, and the Ricky yeah. monkeys are given out for free. We don't we don't charge any, but we just get them out, and they're really cute. You'll they are. <laughs> yeah. There. Go to Jeannie's uh, website, check it out, and uh, the good news is Jeannie will be back with us uh, in April, the first Monday in April, and we'll talk more about what she went through and uh, what they're doing to help other young 
kids get through these horrible situations. Thank you, Jeannie, and we look forward to having you back. I look forward to it, too. Thank you so much, January. It's been great. And to my wonderful listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our show today with Jeannie. Isn't she amazing? My upcoming guests, they will all excite you. They're eclectic and energizing just like Jeannie. This is the show where you hear information that will help you to become successful too. I would love to welcome you to our no whining world. Sign on to my website, JanuaryJones.com. If you would like to be a guest or advertise with us on the show, contact us at info at JanuaryJones.com. We love sharing our stories, our struggles, and our secrets for success. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, stop with the whining and then start smiling and then start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then have. Start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. <laughs> Again, thank you to Jeannie Kerrigan, Ricky's Revolution. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe as we close with music by Serrantos. Thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.